Hey guys, this is Roger. Welcome to another episode of Soberholic with your co-host Jason Rice. How you doing, Jason? I'm good. Um, I've I've had a little bit of a discovery through the, doing this podcast with you, Roger. You know, you want to know what it is? I'm not really sure. <laughs> this could be bad. What What have you found? We have huge country accents. I think you're probably right. In fact, there's not even a think about that. Like we we are we know this. Did and, you know before we started doing this, like how what level it was at? Well, even when I was in the military, they always made me say different words, and one was fitna. I've never said fixing to. I always say fitna. <laughs> fitna. <laughs> so I, mean, yeah, I know that, what you were saying. <laughs> yeah, I was talking to my wife the other night, and she heard a little bit of me on the podcast, and was just like, "Man," she was just shaking her head. But I didn't know it was that thick until i until i heard myself i probably wouldn't even recognize myself if i was to answer the phone and i was talking to myself i wouldn't know that it was me yeah. so no, i did not know it was that bad but i do know that now and i, I do believe i'm probably a little worse than you so if that makes you feel better you Maybe. can look yeah. at my shortcomings over here <laughs> Well, today we've got a, a good show lined up. I'm back in the driver's seat today. I'm going to be kind of carrying us through this this um, episode. And kind of our topic got spurred from last week when I gave my story on here about um, of what had happened in my life. And, and part of that was my first resentment started against God. And then I had some others against an ex, um, ex-wife and some other people in my life, and it it brought me to a place through working through some steps that I had to learn how to forgive. Mm. And not only did I have to forgive God, I had to forgive others, and I had to learn how to forgive myself. And so those are kind of the things we're going to be talking about today, and I believe our listeners will know a lot about this as well because this is something we all deal with. Oh, yeah. Forgiveness is just universal. Everybody knows what it is, and every if you live on this earth as a human being— you are going to deal with some type of forgiveness or lack of forgiveness. It's just one of those universal emotions that we we just all understand. And we see throughout Scripture, um, there's it talks over and over about forgiveness. For me, when I look back, um, as I as I said last week, you know, we uh, I lost my hand in the military, so I'm the guy with one hand. It's easy to spot me in a crowd, right? The guy missing his right hand, that's me. I, I tell people all the all the time when I'm talking to them on the phone, look for the guy with one hand. Yeah, easy to spot me. But I, I blamed God forever for that happening to me, and. It's a reminder every day I look down. It's not there, so it's a great reminder of of what happened. But I blame God for it, as many people have blamed things that's happened to them in their lives. And it's a a big hurdle to to overcome for many of us, right? Oh, yeah. For me, my big one was um, my father passed away from lung cancer when I was 13. And so for a long time, you know, I, I blamed that on God, you know, and it was... Um, I mean, I don't know at what point that went away, but eventually I had to, it, it did. It's, it's interesting how it wasn't immediately after my, my father passed that I started having drug and alcohol problems. It was way later on, uh, into my twenties that that resentment against God really started to, to play out. Well, there's there's different thoughts on this, and we're not going to dig too deep into part of this, but 
you know, sometimes I've heard stories of things happen to us because of the sin in our life that, um, uh, that God took my hand from me because I had sinned and because I was an alcoholic or whatever. And I've heard different arguments on this. And for a long time, I believed that that was the way that God viewed me was that um, he was almost in heaven with this checklist of uh, like, I'm going to send you to hell for that one. And, you know, um, and, and it was like just always keeping this score. It was really a, a childish like idea of what I had in my head. And the argument I've heard from some people is that, again, like if you sin, then bad things happen to you. Almost there's a story, I believe it's in John, uh, around chapter 9, where you see Jesus and the disciples walking around, and and they go, Rabbi, you know, which who sinned? Was it him or his parents that sinned? Oh, yeah. And they're looking at the blind man and saying that he was blind because of some sin that the family had done. And that was kind of the idea I had for a long time because of just bad things I had done in my mm. life. And as I read through this story, I began to see that that it didn't happen for any other reason but for God to be glorified. And I look at my life now and I see myself without a hand and how many people I've got to talk to and share my story with because of that. I've got to share stories about me losing the child that, that I had raised for three, until I was three um, and the story that happened after that, which is just an amazing story that we won't dive into, but I've got to, I ran back into this child 15 years or 12 years later at the church that I'm, I'm at now. And it's just, a, mm. just an awesome miracle uh, of things that's happened there. But I see that God has used these instances in my life to bring glory to his name. Yeah, I mean, with your hand, he gave you your own built-in object lesson. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's always a good thing, thing for show and tell when kids want me to come to school. <laughs> it, but it's, it's amazing, though. There's a scripture in Romans eight twenty eight, and it says, And we know for all those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his um, purpose. And... When I was laying there with my hand blown off, there's no way I could have said that, oh, God's bringing something good out of this. And mm -hmm. I think that's where most of us find ourselves in valleys, that that God has not got a better plan for us. That it's not going to, it's not going as our plan had, you know, as we had thought it should. And so God's against us. Have you ever felt that way? Oh, yeah, definitely. It, it, whenever you're in the valley and somebody reads that verse to you, Romans 8, 28, you want to slap them. <laughs> you're so right. You know, because it's just, it's not what you want to hear. You, it's human nature just to want to wallow in, in self-pity and in remorse and woe is me. That's just, that's just our nature. That's my nature anyway. I don't, I don't want to be comforted with the greater good or the greater plan that God has for me. It's hard to see when you're in the middle of the pain. It's easy to see in hindsight, or for me it is. I'll look back at my life, and I see, you know, I see God's hand in all those different things that happen. But when you're in it, it's just tough. And, you know, I know our listeners, um, some could be right there in that valley right now wondering how that works. And I, 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 there's so many instances, but just thinking outside of really myself, although I'm tied to this, my wife, when we met, she had lost custody of my stepson, our oldest son, Matthew, because of her drug use. 
And so she was literally kicked out of her house and could not see him because she couldn't quit doing drugs. And DHR had got involved in her life for maybe the third time. And there's no way you could say, well, God's going to work this for good, Amanda. Um, you know, you've lost your kid and you're living in Walmart's parking lot. But it was um, pretty amazing how we've grown in our recovery and in our, in our walk with Christ as well. We found ourselves, I don't know, it was maybe 10 years later in sobriety, we'd gotten Matthew back and we were at a court um, for custody of my niece and nephew at the time. And again, DHR had to come to the house after the court hearing and, and evaluate us. And this is a woman who's had DHR in the house three or four times to take her kids away from her. And we, we get to share the story of what had happened in our lives. And I got to tell her I was also a convicted felon uh, for forging prescriptions, although it had been pardoned, but I was still convicted at one time from it. And so we, sh- we shared all of these things to this, this social worker, and she said, yeah, I think y'all will be a great fit for these two kids. And it was amazing how God had used all this chaos in our life in the past and has really made a good thing out of it. We got to share our past stories, even with a social worker, and God was glorified through all that. Yeah, so, so at what point in your recovery did your resentment towards God end? How did you, how did you get over that and how were you able to forgive quote unquote forgive god maybe i don't that is a weird question i mean it's not a weird it's it's a hard question to answer because it wasn't a day that it just happened for me last week i mentioned about me getting saved if you will next to a rehab bed and i think it was there a lot switch changed for me because i saw god through a different lens through a different filter that he wasn't keeping score against me that he was merciful that that the, that he was full of grace and just something changed there my 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 thinking on it changed and so i could see him through different eyes i don't know if it's a if you call it a spiritual awakening i don't know what you'd call that but when i could see him differently then i, I those resentments and grudges kind of fell off but there was some step work that followed that so working through the 12 steps was a big part in that? It was definitely a big part. You know, we was it step eight, we make a list, and step nine, we actually go make those amends. And God still ranked to the top of that because I still held, held on to those resentments against losing my hand and the, the brother and those, those different things. But I found that God didn't... When I I saw that God didn't do those things to me, but yet he allowed me to go through those things is when things changed for me. Yeah, and I think that's that's the key right there. It's our perspective um, on on bad things and, and pain that happens to us. It's our perspective on it, you know, that that makes all the difference. Like, you know, without going down a huge rabbit hole here with, you know, why do bad things happen uh, in the world that which we could spend a whole, that could be a whole podcast in and of itself. And it probably will be. Yeah. Um, Is uh, without going down that rabbit hole too far, you know, I I feel like the things that I blamed God on and had resentments on God uh, with, you know, really when my perspective changed as I grew in my walk with, with Jesus, you know, I looked, I look back now and I know he didn't 
you know, he was not the author of those things. Those things were a result of my actions and my decisions and my choice. And, you know, trying to read too far into a lot of that stuff led me to more pain, you know, if that makes any sense. And I think I'm not one of those people and, you know, I've, I've gotten flack from for this before in the past. I'm not one of those people that I believe that every single leaf that falls and every tree blowing in the wind is God causing every single raindrop to fall here or there. You know, I believe that that bad, a lot of bad things happen because we live in a fallen world and that it's not necessarily God doing it. Right. It's almost like a lot of people say, well, the devil did it. No, just sometimes bad things happen. They just happen. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that I've learned through this is that I always thought that God left me, almost abandoned me. Mm. And and as I've as I've walked through these steps and and tried to grow, I've learned that God didn't leave me. I left him. He right. he stood still. In fact, he followed many times after me. And when I, I when I was new as a Christian, I, I didn't really know where to start reading my Bible. One of the first stories I ever opened up to was the prodigal child. Mm. And, and I think that's a great picture of anyone who feels like they've been lost and abandoned. I chose to go my own way, and he allowed me to go my own way. Yeah. And there was consequences for my actions, and that's what led to me losing my hand. You know, he didn't do it. It was a night full of drugs and alcohol um, led to some of the reasons I lost my hand that yeah. day. And I can blame it on everybody in the world, but I had to take ownership in that. But then after the prodigal child, you see that he kind of learns his lesson. He comes to a bottom, uh, as I did. He comes back home to find his masters. We see Jesus there. And the picture there is kind of great because when when the father saw him, he didn't just stand there and wait for him to come back with his head bent down. He, he went running after his child. And that's the same way I see Jesus with me today. I see him running after me. And... When you see him in that perspective, it's so much easier to to forgive mm. because he was chasing after me. Yeah. Well, there's um the the other forgiveness I kind of wanted to touch on today is forgiving others, and I think after we can forgive God and accept God's forgiveness, then um, the next kind of hurdle that we have to jump over in our recovery process is to forgive others. And that's some of the things that we were talking about in step uh, eight and in step nine is when we're making those amends, sometimes it's just about forgiving those other people as well. How um, Have you found, found it difficult to forgive other people? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I think... You know, when I say resentment, what I really mean is just not forgiving somebody. You know, I think that that's the definition that I have in my head. I don't know if that's the correct one or not, but that's what when I say resentment, I'm talking about holding on to unforgiveness and not forgiving somebody. And for me, they fueled my addiction just like nothing else did, you know. Um, they Have say, you ever found yourself sitting there watching like the criminal shows on TV, trying to plan the murder? Oh, and yeah. get away with it. Oh yeah, I've I've thought about killing people, like before. getting some pointers yeah. off of there. If you're a human being and and you haven't thought about killing somebody, well, you need to let you need to let the rest of us in on your on your secret. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, there was there was plenty of times where I was like. You know, I could probably get away with that, you know. 
and where I use those resentments as as an excuse just to, to fuel my addiction. And and I feel like, you know, that saying that you hear in recovery, that resentment is the number one offender. Like, I know that to be true. I experienced that. And what I would find myself doing with these resentments is I would be going back, you know, I'd be thinking back into the past, you know, 10 years, and I'd be playing out this one scenario this one interaction with a person just over and over and over again and thinking if they wouldn't have done this, well, then none of this would happen and wouldn't have set off this chain of events that, that you know, led me to where I am. And I think I, I, I feel like resentments towards others, it's, it's like an addiction itself, you know, un- unforgiveness and holding that, that anger in. It, it almost feels good to do it. Wouldn't you agree? Well, it's because we we're, we feel justified with with the resentment. We feel justified because we were hurt for whatever reason, and we need to get back with get even with them, or that because they hurt us, we should hurt them. Right. And for me, a lot of times, what actually happened and what I the the playback that I have in my mind of what happened were two totally different things. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> like night and day difference. Yeah. Like we perceived it one way, yeah. but their intent was completely different. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's amazing how how the mind can take. You know, ten years ago, somebody didn't smile at me, and then ten years later, you know, ex- exploded into this. You know, they did me wrong in a hundred different ways, and uh, you know, I, I think for, for me, it was just my my brain's way of making an excuse to act out in in my addictive behaviors. Right. There was a guy that we used to go to AA meetings with, and he would call it his magic, magnif- magic mag- magnifying mind, is how magic he would say magnifying it. magnifying mind. Yeah, and that was cool with me because that stuck. And, you know, regardless of what you're going on with your life, it, I mean, a lot of mine dealt with addictions because that's my past. But, you know, as our listeners are hearing this, I think we deal with this regardless. Of, I mean, you're going to church every Sunday. Pastors can deal with this right here oh, yeah. about uh, their congregations not doing what they want them to. And so we find ourselves justified of taking this stance that, you know, um, we should be angry at them because of that. Now, I think being angry and resentful is two different things uh, for me. I believe resentful takes it to another le- um, level to where, yeah. where um, it's not just like we're – mad over something like a resentment is like we're mad and we need to get even over oh yeah this. it's a grudge it's obsessive too like it just Very won't much. go away like that whole you know time heals all wounds does not apply to a resentment right and you know even jesus we see him in the temple where he was angry but he did not sin yeah uh, a resentment would not fall into that category right. at, at all yeah a uh, resentment is the thing that kind of that you dwell on, and the other person may not even know nothing about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And in recovery, there's um in, my, in a lot of recovery meetings, especially in AA meetings, we'll we'll close that with the Lord's Prayer, and you know as we finish out the recovery meeting. Well, one, I think that's funny that we're not able to talk about Jesus, but we talk about the Lord's Prayer. Right. But that's another story. Yeah. Um. But through that, um, we talk about God forgiving our sins, and and we should forgive others. And and I, I was so resentful against 
um, against my ex-wife for the child situation. I just I just could not forgive her. And I was doing some step work with my sponsor. And he told me one day, he said, Roger, um, why won't you forgive her? I was like, I just can't. I mean, what she's done to me, lying to me about a child for three years and, and leading me to believe this, I can't forgive her for that. He's like, okay, well, I want you just to quit saying the Lord's Prayer. Mm. And I was like, who are you telling me I can't say the prayer? And he's like, well, if you can't forgive her just like you're asking God to forgive you, then you're playing God. Wow. And that floored me. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, that, I just stood there like, what, what, what do you say to that? Because that's really what I was trying to do. I, I wanted God's forgiveness in my life, but I did not want to give forgiveness. And I think we can all find ourselves right there in that oh, situation. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, and this and this is a topic that extends way beyond any kind of recovery. I mean, this is just being a, a person. You know, why is it so hard to forgive people and to forgive others that have wronged you? Because it's personal. Yeah. I think that's the bottom line is every resentment I've ever had, well— I would say them, at least the majority I'm thinking of right now is because they're personal. In some way, they've affected me. I've even been resentful against other people that did something to somebody else. <laughs> but it, 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 it did touch me in a way. Yeah. Like I took ownership of it. Yeah. But it really wasn't, it wasn't mine to tone. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I think the Bible lets us in on the fact that forgiving people is an extremely hard thing. Uh, we see in Luke uh, chapter 17, um, it says something along the lines, the apostles say to the Lord, increase our faith. They're asking Jesus for more faith. And it's right after the passage where they're asking, how many, sh- how many times should we forgive? And, you know, that's where he says uh, seven times seven, or what is it, seven times 70? Or? Well, every tra- translation reads oh, that a yeah. little different. I think it's seven, seven times 70, 490 years. I think it's seven times 70. Man. Okay, anyway, so, uh, you know, what, what I find there that's interesting is that they're not asking for more faith to go raise people from the dead or to go heal the sick or, or heal the lame or the leper or whatever. They're asking for more faith so they can be able to forgive somebody. And so I think that's evidence right there that, hey, this is really hard. Yeah, it's extremely hard. But if we can't find this place in our heart to forgive, then we walk around with this poison in us. It just eats us like acid on the inside. And so we're looking for happiness, but we're carrying around hate, and it just doesn't mix well. It's like oil and water. Yeah, letting letting somebody live rent-free in your mind. Exactly. You know, one of the scriptures I looked at was Colossians, and it was 3.13, where it says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And that's where I find myself falling at the end of the day when I, when it comes with other people. I've got to find it in my heart to forgive them because God has forgiven me for so much that I've done wrong. And I'm not just talking about the drugs and the alcohol. Every day I fail him. Mm-hmm. As a Christian, I fail him every day. And because his grace and his mercy and his willingness for, to forgive, when I seek it, 
then I find that forgiveness. He's quick to forgive those things. Now, I can't say that I'm quick to forgive, um, especially if I'm on the interstate and you cut me <laughs> off. Um, I'm going to stew on that for a little while. Yeah. And it, I think for me, it's okay for me to get angry if you cut me off. Maybe I have the, my kids in the, in the car with me and I need to, you know, it's this, I need to protect my family type attitude. I think that's a good type of anger to have. But if I'm still thinking about that this evening and I've done got your tag number wrote down and I'm <laughs> going to find you, then then I need to really think about what's going on in my life yeah. to cause that much anger. Because yeah. I, I don't know about you, but normally if I find that kind of anger going on in my life, that person isn't my issue. There, my issue is with me. There's right. something going on in me, with me. I think what got me over the hurdle as far as, like, how do you practically forgive somebody, another person that's wronged you and that you have a resentment towards? Um, somebody told me, well, have you prayed and asked God, you know, to want to forgive that person? And I was like, well, no. Because I don't want to forgive them, you know. That was me for a long time with one of my most major resentments that I had. I just didn't want to forgive them. And so, um, you know, this this sponsor in my life at the time was like, "Well, you need to you need to start praying for that." And I was like, "Well, I don't I don't even want to pray for that." And he was like, "Okay, so." Maybe pray that you'll want to at least pray. Like <laughs> it started getting, and I was like, okay, no, no, I'll I'll pray to ask God to just make me at least willing to want to be able to forgive them. And so that's where I started. And you know, it wasn't it wasn't but a few months later that I, the Holy Spirit just you know enabled me to start thinking about that person that I had a deep resentment towards in a different light. I started looking at their their life and actually started feeling compassion for them. And this was somebody that I wanted to kill. You know, I I had that much resentment towards. And, you know, when I started feeling that compassion towards them, I knew that there was a miracle that had taken place. It wasn't instant. It took time. But it all started with me asking God for the willingness you know, to, to be able to forgive them. And that's so good because, practically speaking, we're always looking in ways how to. And that's the same thing my sponsor taught me was for, for that ex that I keep talking about was that I needed to pray for her. That's what, you know, after he told me to quit saying the Lord's Prayer, that was his answer, <laughs> was to pray for her. Well, the way I prayed for her was like, Lord, I pray that she gets hit by a car. <laughs> yeah, and that's right, not yeah. the prayer that he was looking for. What he was looking for was, Roger, pray for her the same things you want in your life. Mm. And so I began praying for her, um, you know, for health and healing and happiness and prayed for her to, to, to find the Lord, to find... Um, you know, hope because I knew some of the things that she was struggling with. And that began to, almost like you're talking about a process of where it took my hard heart and began to soften it to where I had the compassion that you're talking about. And so if we had a listener here that was like, I just can't forgive that person. I think that's where I would tell them to start is just begin praying for the person. They said, I can't forgive. Yeah. And I mean, 
from from experience with having deep seated and long term resentments, it's so much easier not having them. Like I, I think resentments kind of give they give the person that that has them like an illusion of power. Like this is this is my power, and the person that you have the resentment towards, they're not thinking about you at all, and you're just obsessed with them, and they're not even they probably don't even know you have a resentment against them half of the time. But I think that's why if it, it felt good to hold on to those for me, is because it felt like I, I had some kind of power. But whenever I was able to let go of all those big ones, just the the lightness and the joy and the peace that I had, and that that's why I like you know incorporating still twelve step work in my life now. Even is like I'm too I'm too big of a sissy to go around living with resentments now. Like I can't take the pain anymore. You and know? you can't fight either. And I can't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Uh, you know, living living my life so so long, like having that anger and resentment and unforgiveness in my life, whenever I even get the tiniest little taste of it, now I can't take it, and I have to do something about it. Yeah. You're 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 dead on with it. Um, resentment's not worth the price that we have to pay to keep it, and so it's best to let it go. And you know, just practically speaking. Praying is one of the best ways to, to do that. Um, and there's other ways that maybe we'll get to in another segment uh, of how we can overcome some of those things. But I wanted to move on to our last part of this um, before we wrap up. And the last thing after we forgive God and we can forgive others, then we've got to learn to forgive ourselves. And mm. this is where I find most people struggle the most. We can accept God's forgiveness because we believe that He's good. We believe that He's merciful. Um, we, be, we believe that He extends grace to us. Um, his words slap full of those words and, and those phrases. But yet, we can even find that we can forgive others because we find forgiveness from God. You know, so. But then we get to this standard of excellence, maybe, that we expect out of ourselves. And so we find it hard to forgive ourselves. What are some of the ways you've you've struggled with that? Well, I think for me the that was definitely the hardest um, as far as uh, forgiveness goes was being able to forgive myself. Um, and I think the only way I was able to do it was through working the twelve steps. Um, you know, I, I I knew God had forgiven me. But it was working twelve uh the step number five where I admitted to God and to another person um the exact nature of our wrongs that after that, you know, sitting down with somebody and telling them all the things that I couldn't forgive myself for that I had done, you know, after that is where I started sort of being able to forgive myself. And it's it's kind of like the the verse in James uh, five where it says, um, you know, confess your sins to one another that you may be healed. You know, when we ask for God's forgiveness, He forgives us. And uh, and but you know, it's when we share with somebody else, you know, that that the healing really takes place. And I think that's what happened for me. There was there was a healing that couldn't take place. In, in in my heart unless I had confessed all those things that I had done and those are all the things that I couldn't forgive myself of 
you know, once I confessed it to somebody, you know, that's when I, I started to be able to forgive myself. And that is, I mean, that's so good because that's where we struggle today as Christians. I see this in so many churches that the idea for us as Christians is, is kind of maybe a whole is that we just need to get right with God. And, and that's who we're, we will be accountable to, without a doubt. But, you know, as you said there in James five sixteen, that's where we find healing is confessing those things to somebody else. And if we're looking for healing in our lives to where we're not so bitter against ourselves or hating ourselves, if we're looking for healing in our life, then we've got to find someone we can trust to, to share those things with. And that's where it's important to find someone you can trust. You just don't want to just dump your guts out on somebody for no. uh, and just tell them everything, no. right? But it does make sense that we that we learn how to to heal from within. And without a healing process, I think we all struggle with hating ourselves. Yeah, and I think as far as the confessing our sins to one another, uh, I, I think in large part. In, in my church experience, anyway, as a whole, like we've kind of gotten away f- from that a lot. And the only emphasis I really, you know, see on doing that is is in within, you know, like a Celebrate Recovery or the other 12-step groups where it's, you know, that's, that's a big part of, you know, working a fifth step. But in, in, in a lot of churches today, that's not and I'm overgeneralizing, of course, but, you know, I haven't experienced any kind of emphasis on that in any of my church settings in a long time. And, and, you know, I guess that's what I mean, too, because like in a church setting, it's almost expected to say, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. That's that's your default answer. Oh, yeah. Whereas any recovery meeting I've been in, it's like, how are you doing? Man, it's been horrible. Yeah. I mean, I'm dealing with this stuff. And I can't let this go or whatever. And that becomes the answer, the, the default answer. It's okay to talk about those things. Now, I don't believe that the church is just just so far off base. It's just it's become almost shameful to talk about our struggles. Mm. But yet that's really what the church is all about is to, to lift each other and encourage one another and, and to bear one another's burdens. And we don't use it the way we should. We don't use our, our brothers and sisters in Christ like we should. I don't think that we do. No, definitely not. And, I mean, if church was more, you know, accepting of of people's real life, you know, struggles, um, you know, I, I, think, I think we'd see a lot more growth in churches, you know. I, I love when, when, when people are open and honest about, about their life about their their real life have you ever like been in a conversation with somebody who's you don't really know them well and they just unload crazy stuff on you and you're like wow like that's refreshing for somebody to be real with you you know it is for me and and what it does for me is when someone else is able to be vulnerable with me like that i'm able to do the same back with them it's almost like you put your wall down i'm going to take my wall down Mm -hmm. and so we can be real with one another yeah and I don't know if I learned that in, in the 12 steps or if I learned that in church, but regardless of where I've learned it, I've learned that by using some of my struggles, it opens a door for other people to share their struggles with me. And I've really enjoyed that, um, that type of fellowship with other believers or even unbelievers for that matter. Oh, yeah. So one of the other things that I've seen that, that I've had to do 
to forgive myself is to begin to see who I am. I always saw myself as a failure because I could not quit doing drugs. And I couldn't quit doing alcohol. And even though my parents had raised me well, I just I just felt like a, a complete screw up. Even though I did some good things well, I just, I never, I don't know, maybe my expectations on myself was just way too high. And those expectations always led me nowhere. And so my, the way I viewed myself was a failure. Uh, And and I've talked to others, so I know I'm not alone with this. Others kind of just feel like themselves as just a failure because I see myself through that, that perspective, like we were talking about earlier, through those lenses. But I have to see myself differently of who I am in Christ today because mm. it's not my works that get me to heaven today. It's not my works that do any of those things. It's it's who I am in Christ. And again, we're going back to Romans, a verse we used or, or in the same chapter that we was talking about. In Romans 8, 1, Paul says, there's, no, um, there's therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if I if God does not condemn me for my things, why am I condemning myself? It's kind of crazy if you think about yeah. it. Here I am again, just like my first sponsor told me about don't say the Lord's Prayer because you're trying to be God. Here I am trying to forgive myself, but I can't because I'm condemning myself. And once again, I'm playing God. Yeah, so when we don't forgive others are ourselves we're setting ourselves up higher than god and that seems to always be my problem um that's consistently the same problem i have in my life of always trying to take over the wheel maybe that's where the song jesus take the wheel came from <laughs> i don't know but have, I, you, have you seen that meme where it says uh, Jesus take the wheel. Uh, I, I let Jesus take the wheel, but I think we'd be off-roading. <laughs> Have you seen that? I've not seen that. I love that. that one. That one's good. Uh, that, but that that's really horrible for me because you would think I would know better. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's not that I, I, I should know better. I do know better, and I, I intentionally just don't. Well, maybe intentionally is not the word to use, but I find myself doing it all the time mm-hmm. of just me trying to be in control and not letting God. Oh, me too. And it leads to more pain oh, yeah. over and over. So I, I don't know. Maybe maybe we're the only two in the world that deal with these issues. Uh, maybe our listeners have got it all together. And if they do, I would love to hear about it. <laughs> yeah. uh, e- even if it's lies. I mean, we, I would love to hear those because uh, I've not met anyone that has got this down pat. But I do know that I have made progress. And I believe that you've made progress because we talk a lot about those things. And that's the expectation I have out of myself today is that I'm getting better. And as a Christian, I believe that's all that Christ asked out of us is to continue to strive to be more like Christ every day. And while Christ didn't walk around with resentments, I'm learning that I don't need to either and that I've got to get rid of those things. And because I deal with this this flesh or this, this sinful world or this sinful nature, I'm going to continue to battle it, but I do know that uh, sin doesn't have power over me today, Mm, that I find my power in Christ. And if I find my identity to him, uh, then I can can overcome and I can forgive those people who have hurt me. And I believe that um, it starts with prayer, like we mentioned earlier. 
And so rather than um, drinking the poison and waiting for the other people to die, I'm going to try to stick to the Word and and stay close with Christ. And if I can stay close there, I believe that uh, there's a place in my heart that it can be softened enough to forgive anything. Yeah. Well, Jason, I believe that's going to kind of close us up for another episode here. Um, I do want to tell all of our listeners that um, you can always find us at our email at soberholicpodcast at gmail.com. That's soberholicpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you on all of this. One of the ways that you can help us is as you find us on our Facebook page at Soberholic or um, through our um through iTunes or Google Play, go there and leave us a review. Your reviews are really what helps move us up the charts so that people can get this. And those small acts from you will help us tremendously of getting this word out to more people. So if you like it, we would love to do it. If you don't like it, maybe you can skip the review. We don't know. But we would really love to hear from you any way that you can get to us. And um, with all those things, I guess we're going to be signing out. I'm Roger. I'm Jason. And we're out of here.